Welcome to season two of the Craft Beer Connoisseurs podcast. I'm Tyler. If you're new to the podcast, we're three friends and a producer who like to showcase craft breweries and their beers. Also, we like to end every episode with a short conversation on a variety of different topics. If you're not new to the podcast, well, welcome back. We will keep things similar to season one. After all, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Whether you're new or returning, please feel free to listen to all of our season one content. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now for today's episode. Welcome to the Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Tyler. I'm Chris. And I'm Brett. And along with us today is a producer who is racing in on his cart, Mario. Jeez Louise. Some would say he's super. Ah. So uh, <laughs> in today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Royal City Brewing Company out of Guelph, Ontario. Yeah. And as always, we're going to be having two beers today. Shocker to everybody. We are. The first one is called Bootleg, which is a cream ale. And then the second is Goldie, which is a hazy dry hopped pale ale. And to finish up the episode, we're going to talk about Remembrance Day. All right, and we're back. So, Royal City Brewing is located at 199 Victoria Road, South, Unit C8. (laughs) Super specific. Right, which is at the corner of York and Victoria. So, just a few minutes uh, drive from the University of Guelph. And we're going to see this kind of uh, theme run through. We're talking about Remembrance Day. There's going to be connection to England. So, you see a lot of that, again, even with the street that they're on is Victoria. So, we'll see that kind of um, go throughout the episode. Yeah, definitely. So the brewery actually opened in 2014. So uh, again, one of a one of the older kind of breweries. It was founded by Russell Bateman and Cameron Fryer, who were friends uh, for over 20 years. Uh, Russell brought his experience from owning his own plumbing business. Uh, that that would be good for you know setting up the brew house. Yep. Uh, and Cameron from having once previously worked at Great Lakes in Toronto. So knowing how to brew. Mm, so you, does anybody could you know imagine? Wait, can how, you imagine? Can you imagine being friends for 20? years oh. we're like halfway there and i'm how, thinking how, how I'm could about, you bear somebody for that long i'm about ready to be I dying have no idea <laughs> so you guys want to guess how the brewery came to be uh um, probably home brewing oh. seems like the stereotypical thing right <laughs> yeah you Good got guess. it Bingo. Guess. so they had made a bunch of unique concoctions at home you know eight of at a time and bateman decided to go into business because well it's a lot easier to sell beer than it is plumbing services <laughs> <laughs> beer, over, beer over pipes all right yeah so they're doing 80 liters at a time at home like that's a lot of beer it's a fair amount back like, in the day this is back before the no i know but like so. i don't know where i would put 80 liters of anything in my house i'm, I'm hoping there's a huge there was a huge shed well, I mean, well yeah. yeah that's only 20 liters a piece if we broke it in between the four of us right that's good math. So <laughs> I, I'm thinking if we did the same thing, we could have 20 liters of beer and I'd be okay with that. No, 20 liters of beer. Sure. But I'm saying like, how do you, where do you put it to brew it? You know, like mm. you have an 80 liter pot. The front, front lawn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. So let's talk a little bit about Royal City itself. Um, yeah. So do we want to kind of talk about some of their awards? They've won a few. They have won quite a few actually. Um, Yeah, get us kicked off. Why don't we start with gold? uh, Yeah, let's start with gold, obviously, number one. Uh, So they have won gold for their Exhibition Session IPA at the uh, Canadian Brewing Awards 
and the Ontario Brewing Awards. And that beer, a gold award winner, can be found in the LCBO if you're nice. looking for it. Nice. Um, their Oktoberfest lager at the Ontario Brewing Awards. So next year, you're going to want to probably get that beer? Yes, because I'm not sure that they would have it anymore. Right. Um, the Hibiscus Saison, uh, again at the Ontario Brewing Awards. And uh, the newest award um, in 2021, they won gold for their Kibosh Baltic Porter. Uh, and so that's usually available in January. So coming up, you might be able to get it again in 2022. Nice. That is very interesting stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we could talk about the, the bronze. And then we've got some notes here from our producer about uh, kind of aesthetics and, and just being there. So the bronze, they had the double. Is that is that right? That is correct. Right? So, yeah. So it's uh, Canadian Brewing Awards and the OBAs as well. And the smoked honey, which was at, at the OBAs. So that would be an interesting beer, that smoked honey. Yeah. Yes, I have had it, actually. I'll get another bit. Oh, very nice. A little oh, teaser. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about our producer's experience at the brewery before well, we Well, the producer decided one day in the middle of July um, to go to Rose City. Did he take his go-kart up there? Uh, I don't know. I think he was dropping some bananas behind him. Yeah. <laughs> did he go alone or did he have his friend Luigi? I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe Princess Peach? I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what a date. So, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so he was there somewhere with obviously COVID restrictions uh, inside. So the uh, patio uh, slightly down from their brewery where it overlooked the road. Nice right. little spot. You know, had some lights over top. Uh, there's a rock climbing business right beside, apparently. Mm. Um, so I don't know if Mario likes rock climbing, but I'm assuming he didn't go. Um, yeah. <laughs> had to rescue uh, Princess Peach probably from <laughs> yeah. the rock yeah. climbing. And I was there about four years ago. I don't remember too, too much about it uh, just because it was a quick kind of grab in, grab some couple. It's before I started documenting my beers on Untapped. Yeah. Right? yeah. I, I've never been myself. I have been to Guelph in the University of Guelph area, but I've never actually been to the brewery. Yeah, I've not been to the brewery either. And in fact, I've not had any of their beers before. So this will be... That is uh, going to change today, my friend. It will change. This will be a new experience for me. <laughs> so speaking of beers that we've had, yeah. uh, Brad, I think you've had the most with Producer Mario. So why don't yes. you go over yours and the producers and then... We don't have to talk to, about Chris's, obviously. No, yeah, no. no we don't. That's uh, going to be a short <laughs> segment there. <laughs> so uh, we talked about the uh, Session IPA, the exhibition. I've had that. Ironically, both times at my brother-in-law's house. I don't know. Maybe he really likes the beer, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bootleg, which we're going to have a little bit. Uh, the Smoked Honey, definitely a unique beer, I will yeah. say. I'm not a big uh, fan of honey or things smoke smoked. Okay. But I actually find it not too too bad. Good. And, and Hibiscus Saison, I mean, obviously it kind of just flies together. So hibiscus is in a lot of Saisons, if you really look at it it's true um it's again that spice that yeast that you normally would expect okay now what about the producer you're gonna oh, give them producer, yes yep. so he has had the session exhibition as well uh the berserker sour interesting um the cream ale yeah. um must be a different cream ale than the one that we're going to review today because bootleg is a cream ale and the celebrating sisters session ipa uh all on draft in july i'm gonna think that he might have got a flight Mm, no no. big shake of the head he he had he had four pints sounds like (laughs) princess beach was definitely was with princess beach there (laughs) had the 150 cc card out yeah i can handle this don't worry we won't jack it up any higher than that i myself have only had the the one so i've only had the uh saison so and we talked about chris's uh extensive beer list here as well yeah yeah and done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so there are 359 beers that Royal City has created, uh, at least according to Untapped. Yes, right? yeah. According to Untapped, yeah. Um, so the highest 
I guess, kind of with the most amount of ratings. Is that where we're kind of going with? That's a decent amount of ratings. Decent like, amount? You can't do judge it off one. Like having, three like, ratings. Like, three yeah. ratings. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would be the Riverside, and that was 488 ratings, and it came in at 3.84. And the barrel, unfortunate name, Brett Quad, uh, which is a 10% Belgian quadruple, mm. at 357 ratings was 3.8. So, which I mean, for a Belgian quad, that's that's pretty good. A three point eight, I think. Think that would ten percent too. Yeah. Oh, you gotta you want to crush those? That's for sure. No kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, Royal City is again another brewery that tries to entrench themselves into the community via their community connector series. So they state that we recognize that we are just one small part of a much larger community. We value our place here and strive to be a good neighbor. So we partner with local community groups to connect with, support, and highlight the great work that they do for Guelph and those within it. So Mm. some of those groups in 2021 collaborations would include the Seed uh, Guelph, Families in the Sister Spirit, the Guelph Humane Society, and Adopt a Hop. Adopt a Hop. Nice. So uh, we definitely would be remiss if we didn't mention, uh, as we kind of talked about, uh, we're going to talk about Remembrance Day in this episode as well. This episode is being released on Remembrance Day. So uh, they do have a November collaboration at the brewery, which is with Wounded Warriors Canada. And uh, they created the Remembrance Red Ale. So basically, 50 cents from each can and a portion of draft sales of the Remembrance Red Ale sold is donated to Wounded Warriors Canada. So over the last five years, they've been able to donate over $40,000. So, yeah, that's huge. Big, yep. big props. Um, so it's available in uh, their retail store, their online web store, and for a very limited time in local and select LCBO. So if you're lucky enough to be near an LCBO with uh, with the Remembrance Red Ale, pick okay. it up. For sure. So speaking of the LCBOs, you can also find bootleg, smoked honey, and exhibition in many of the LCBOs that kind of are in this local area, at least. Yeah. Um, ordering from the brewery, there's a bunch of different free delivery options. So and that's basically inclusive of Southwestern Ontario, um, outside of the Guelph area. So keep in mind, it is a $40 minimum port purchase, which doesn't take too long to get there, especially if you're going to be picking up some of these Remembrance Red Ales Absolutely. and some of that money gets kicked back to, to that Wounded Warriors. Yeah. And, and we'll, to mention about the, the ordering and their delivery. So they do actually deliver to London. Uh, bi-weekly so that's how they delivered uh, the beers to us today Uh, so we it would have been cool to have the remembrance red ale on the episode but it was released a little bit too late for them to to get it to us so um speaking of their delivery i believe they did give us a little uh gift yeah there was a gift yeah if you will uh which will i open now i'm just gonna let's uh open her up as some would say (laughs) Stick to ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> true. true. There is some pins. Oh, nice little pins. And of course, some stickers and some coasters. Awesome. We, we love the coasters. We do love a good coaster, let me tell you. So speaking of the brewery itself, otherwise known as the wardroom when you go inside, is open for visitors again, obviously, because you know COVID restrictions are kind of loosening. Uh, Monday to Wednesday from 12 till 7. Thursday to Saturday from 11 till 9. And Sunday... 12 to 7. And if you're wanting any more information from the brewery in terms of upcoming releases, special events, or maybe even just some fun facts, you want to subscribe to their newsletter? Yeah. yeah. You should. You should. You, you yeah, definitely so should. You should. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're, as always, we're going to link to their information on our social media. All right. Let's move on to our first beer. 
A big shout out and thank you to Miranda from Royal City for coordinating us to have the beers on today's episode. Thanks, Miranda. Yes, thank you. Uh, so just a little history on cream ales. Okay, into, take us back. Uh, b- the bootleg. So this style of beer was prevalent in the 1800s in Canada and the United States. I remember that time. Yeah, good. <laughs> it was often brewed by ale brewers to compete with lagers. Cream ales were one of those few regional North American styles that survived prohibition and was widely sold illegally during the Great Experiment. Fun fact, it has nothing to do with cream. Interesting, because wow. some of the cream ales are actually creamy. Yeah. So... Interesting. Prohibition, bootleg. Very nice. Makes sense. Like the connection. So Royal City's version of a cream ale is called bootleg, as we've mentioned many a time. The ABV is 5.5% and 20 IBUs. So it is described as pouring a bright straw color with ample white head that leaves lots of lacing on the glass. Aromas of cereal, grain, and herbal. Grassy hops escape the glass while you're drinking it. So that's kind of nice. We'll see how that kind of comes through. On the swallow, which mm. is an interesting way of putting it. I've never heard that term. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> you you should get some sweet grain in like a Wonder Bread kind of character, um, which is kind of cut by a herbal hot bitterness. So the beer finishes uh, quickly with a hint of bitterness, and that's probably come through from some of those hops. And uh, I guess we'll see if we get that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, bootleg comes with six-row barley malt, cornflakes, and Saz hops, which provide the herbal character. Uh, and it's uh, brewed with escarpment Kolsch yeast. Yes. So, on Untapped, you can follow us at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. But speaking of Untapped, with the bootleg cream ale, there seems to be two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Bootleg cream ale and bootleg cream ale 2021. <laughs> so, somebody done screwed up here. And they're, uh, the, and they're the same, they're other the same, than the yes. name. Yeah. Um, so, the producers went to a lot of hard work. Um... And has combined both of these into one. Mm-hmm. So good for him. So combination of the two, the bootleg is rated 3.63 bottle caps out of five with 494 total check-ins. Nice. Good. All right. It's everybody's favorite part, I presume, because it's mine. So it must be everybody's. <laughs> let's grab the can, grab your glass, and let's open her up. And the pour. Let's pour it into our pint glass. So make sure to use your proper glassware. I don't want to screw this up. By not pouring into the glass? (laughs) (laughs) By having a crisp pour, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is the same as not pouring into the glass. True. What do you guys see? What do you guys smell? Looks like we all kind of have the same pour here. Yeah, very consistent. Little bit ahead and like... I can almost see right through this. Like, this is crystal clear. Almost looks like a lager or a Kolsch, mm. right? right. Um, they, we mentioned Kolsch in terms of, uh, uh, what was it, the Kolsch yeast? Yep. yep. Yeah, so it looks like a Kolsch, basically. Uh, and you can definitely see the carbonation coming through along with mm-hmm. the, uh, I think I see a couple cornflakes in here. <laughs> which is nice. Some light, light straw color, which yeah. is yeah. what they said. So uh, I basically, as I read it, is kind of what we're getting, I think, right? And we'll see about the lacing as we go through the drink. Um, on the nose, what are you guys picking up? Anything? Kind of that grainy, bready yeah, kind of? Yeah, definitely that grainy, like Wonder Bread cereal kind of vibe for sure. Yeah, and kind of that, um, they mentioned floral, right? Yeah. yeah. Floral, I'm getting that floral. Herbal, herbal floral. Her- yeah, yeah, herbal kind of smell, yeah. I'm really picking up that cornflake. And again, I don't know if this is just mind over matter. And my mind's thinking to myself, hmm, we mentioned cornflakes. Did you have cornflakes yeah. this morning and you're just like, it's still stuck in your brain? No, I, 
I don't. You don't eat. I don't eat. (laughs) Um, They do say, though, that this uh, beer would pair well with grilled cheese. I've had that twice this week. And wings. Where was this beer two nights ago? Yeah. Uh, In my fridge. Actually, I believe it. (laughs) And also, you're supposed to share this beer with friends. Well, we'll we'll see if we can find any. I don't know if there's any rum runners around, but we're also supposed to share with them, too. Yeah. If we have any friends that want to come drink a pint with us... um, Put, put your name forward on the craft beer connoisseur's Instagram. Slide into the DMs. Let us know. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get sipping, fellas. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. Let's get on the swallow. And how does it taste on the swallow, Chris? <laughs> Let me get one more. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tyler? Yeah. Um, this isn't, again, I guess it's not more like a, a traditional cream ale. Um, I'm not really getting the whole creaminess. The Again, Cornflake, I'm, I'm picking that up huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cornflake breadiness. Um, it's definitely not like other cream ales that I've had. It, no, it's, it's quite unique. And I think it's a good thing, too. It has a different, uh, distinct style, if you will, right? Yep. Remember, cream ales aren't, don't really involve cream, right? Right. Yeah. I They've, just told you that literally like five <laughs> minutes ago. What do you get? What are you getting? What am I getting? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely getting that. Uh, it's a clean beer, for sure. Number one. Yes. Definitely clean. Uh, definitely getting that, that breadiness, that graininess. Um, I, I like it. Um, I think maybe it would be one of those things I wish I could have it off a tap as well. Or maybe yeah. th- throw it through the physics. Okay, yeah, kind of that's true. That'd be interesting. Maybe yeah. make, get a little bit better on it. But. So um, you're, you're talking about, Tyler, how you might just have cornflakes like stuck in your head because we mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the same, maybe it's the same for me with the Kolsch, but like, Kolsch's kind of have like a almost like an apple flavor, and I'm getting like a tiny bit of that. Okay, um, I could see where you're going from kind of like that borderline between a cream ale and a Kolsch here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cream Kolsch. Yeah, I it kind of straddles that line. Yeah, I think also as I'm I'm going through this a little bit too is I'm getting that herbal, but it's also the bitterness. Like, are you guys getting a cut of bitter? Yeah, right at, at right the, the end. end? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's not just you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really, really good support network. But yeah, I'm really getting that that bitterness just kind of come through in the end. And it's not off-putting, but again, for myself, is it's not it, it's not adding a whole lot to this kind of cream ale. And maybe if it was just a little bit more subdued or kind of like throughout the whole sip, it might kind of come through a little bit differently. Sure. And just because it's coming with more of a, a heavier punch at the end for myself. Yeah. Uh, I, producer Mario. Yeah. Uh, he thinks this beer is very refreshing. Uh, has some breadiness to it, crisp. Uh, does get the cornflakes out of it. Yeah. Right? Um, and then also that herbal floral that Chris you were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I get a little bit of that as well. So, in terms of what's on uh, the top five flavor profiles, uh, I don't know if Mario combined the flavor profiles from the two beers, um, but I don't know. Talk to <laughs> Princess Peach. The, the, this is what we've got. So, uh, number one, you mentioned this bread is clean. Um, I mean, I think it is clean. Goes down clean and smooth, right? Yep. Uh, number two is creamy. So this one, I'm not getting any creaminess at all. Same here. Yeah, yeah and I, I go back to your comment earlier is whether it's more like the colshiness or just straight up ale, uh, more so than it is the, the kind of a cream ale in my mind. At and least. also, I think a lot of the untapped users, when they see a cream ale, they're automatically going to put in creamy because it's signified they, as a cream ale. They right, expect right, it, right? right? Right. Yeah. And then once a few people put it, everyone's just kind of selecting tag this, it tag as this, well. Tag this. Yeah. Number three is light. It's a light beer. Yeah. 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 And it drinks light too. Yeah. yeah. 5.5. Yeah. It's f- yeah five point five percent. Like it goes down 
really like. Um, number four, multi. Um, like I get that. Maybe I would replace that with bready, right? Like mm-hmm. that's kind. Of, I think that's what people are kind of getting at, right? right? Yep. Uh, and then the last one is fruity. Uh, so you did mention an apple uh, earlier. There yeah. was a little bit of apple, but like <laughs> not enough. I don't think it's number five. Yeah. I, think- I, I do understand though. Like that apple is kind of coming in. I do see what you mean there, Chris. Yeah, I, I would almost replace. Um, I don't know if apple's a, f- a flavor, but I would put apple. Apple um, crisp. There you go. Yeah, and and then I would say uh, we'd certainly want to put bitter in there somewhere. I was just yeah. gonna say I'd either go with the. F- Fifth one being the herbal or bitterness, and I I go both ways on that yeah. one. Yeah. Instead of like apple-y or apple or crispy or absolutely. Well, um, enough about our, our thoughts. Let's turn over to some untapped users in terms of their thoughts. Chris, I have the, the first, first one. one. Uh, so the first one is from Matthew O. Uh, username is Matt Kello. On October fifteenth, said malty citrusy with a crisp mild hop. And uh, Matthew gave it a 3.75 out of 5. Does anybody get the citrus out of this? No. Not really. That not I'm like. not getting. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Got All it. right. Uh, so I got the second one. So the second one is Aaron P. Handel A. Polsky um, on October 24th. Always a fan of cream ales. And this one did not disappoint. 4 out of 5. So there isn't a whole lot to kind of go off of with those two reviews. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, there was not a whole lot. I don't think. Yeah, Producer Mario, you know, he was trying. Trying. There's only so much we can do, and uh, the untapped users don't. Especially give us when a he's lot. racing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. He's had to get that circuit done. So um, I'm going to get us started with our ratings on this one. So um, I see where they're going with it. I don't really feel like it falls into that creamy ale kind of um, profile, if you will. So because of that, I'm going to come in with a three. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I started out lower than what I'm going to end up with. And I, as I'm drinking it, I, I think I went a little higher. So Speaking of as you're drinking yeah. it, there's more lacing. Just wanted to kind of point yes, that out. Yes, right? they mentioned lacing. There's quite a bit of lacing. And he so. gets to drink more of it because it's all in your glass this time. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yeah, I poured it properly. Thank you, Brett. So uh, in terms of my rating, uh, I'm also going to be at a three. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm going to rate it the exact same as what I had previously on Untapped, which would be a 3.5. Producer Mario, uh, he's had he's the only person who's had it off the tap. So I remember how I mentioned how I like to have this beer off the tap. Um, seems like he has, and his rating is staying the same at a 3.25. All right. So that's going to give us a team overall score for Untapped of 3.1875. We're going to bump that up to a 3.25. Yes, we are. So let's move on to beer number two. All right, the second beer we're having today is called Goldie, which is a hazy dry hop pale ale coming in at 5.0 ABV and 30 IBU. Yeah, so this is brewed with maybe three of the best hops. Maybe. Sure. Right? We've got Citra, we got Galaxy, we got <laughs> Chris's favorite, <laughs> Vic Secret. Um, so yeah, they're dried hop uh, with kind of both the Citra and Vic Secret, along with uh, a Mandarinia Bavaria, which is kind of like utilizing the foggy London yeast again from Escarpment Labs. So we, we've discussed that previously before on another Absolutely, episode. Yes. So I encourage you to listen to all of our episodes so that way you can find it. You know, it's like a, <laughs> a Where's Waldo scavenger hunt. Yeah, yeah, find it and let us know. Absolutely. So this beer, 
going back to this one, pours like a hazy orange juice with a beautiful head full of tight bubbles. Ooh. The nose is full of tangerine, lemon cake. Man, I'm really hungry for lemon cake now. Pineapple, mixed berry punch, and mango. It's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. (laughs) The taste follows the nose with big tropical notes along with some berry and orange highlights. And the beer finishes with a hint of bitterness that balances the fruit notes. Would you say that's on the swallow? Yeah. I, <laughs> I knew. I saw I you gonna, yeah. I saw you posturing, and I was like, I'm going to get the yeah. funny. <laughs> All right. Well, on tapped, there are 182 check-ins to this beer with an average rating of 3.66 bottle caps out of five. I'm really hoping Tyler can do this in like his best Mario voice. No. <laughs> I don't want to take away from Mario himself. So um, is it Mario or Mario? I honestly don't. Ah, you uh, keep saying Mario, so there you go. Well, he, he can't tell us what he prefers because he has no voice. So. No, it's true. It's true. All right, can in one hand, glass in the other hand. Let's open her up. Might have to talk to Luigi or Yoshi yeah. in order to figure out what he prefers. <laughs> I got a, a big whiff there on the nose, but we'll talk about that after you talk about the glass there, Chris. Absolutely. So uh, we're again drinking this beer out of a pint glass, so make sure to use your proper glassware. Uh, a clean glassware, might we add? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that, that you can smell it from far away, like yeah, six feet almost. I, I'm the yeah. same as you, Tyler. As soon as I cracked the can, I got a huge whiff of citrus. That is yeah, a great aroma, right? though. Great aroma. Oh, that smells delicious. I'm excited for this, just based off the nose. Again, yes. so when we look at it, um, it is a goldy uh, APA. Um, it is, yeah. We have that hazy kind of tone to it. Again, a golden kind of uh, complexion, if you will. Yeah, the hazy orange juice, as they described it, looks pretty similar to pretty, that. Pretty spot on, if you will. Yeah, Br- Brett, what do you get for the tight bubble uh, formation? Uh, there, <laughs> with the head at the top, you can definitely see that the bubbles are very tight together you know what i, I don't know why you guys are laughing i i was gonna say it but i was like you know what let's let's throw a bread bone here i just don't know that they're any tighter than other beers but you know what they are they are and maybe you'll take notice of this when we have another stout but you can see with some of the stouts is like yes. there is it like a, a thicker bubble kind of like formation true. right so or if you get a lactose ipa where they're more separated yeah might i add i don't know if you guys have the same kind of head that i have on this but they are tight for the first couple let's say the head itself is about a, a centimeter or a half about half of that is tight bubbles and then it loosens up to a little bit larger bubble formation we're getting in depth. This is getting this technical. Is Some very, people would call that very scientific. science. Yeah. <laughs> science rules. All right. Um, on the nose? I, I mean, we talked about the nose because you can smell it as soon as it's poured. Pure citrus, basically. Yeah, pure pure citrus. citrus. Good. All well, right. Let's taste it and see Absolutely. if we get that citrus coming through. Let's do that. Oh, that manly, manly mustache of Brett Fivers. Yeah, let's point out that Brett is growing a Movember. Um, hey, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Brett came with one that was already pre, pre-designed. Yeah, a, a pre-grown mustache. Anyways, he uh, he got a little beer retention, well, head retention on his mustache. Yeah, Always having a little head on his stash. Um, what do you get from the taste there, Brett? Well, the amount of it that went down the swallow, or in the swallow, if you will, uh, was exactly how it was described. You know, hazy orange juice with maybe a little bit of grapefruit and some bitterness. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I I would say this is maybe a little bit more bitter than I was expecting it to be. Um, And maybe that partly comes from, you know, the grapefruit portion, because grapefruit 
grapefruit is citrusy but can be a little bitter as well um but yeah i definitely get that citrus as i drink it so with that comment kind of going back to the last one that we had that bootleg cream ale this here in my opinion i do get the the bitterness aspect yep but again it plays better with the flavor profile that is coming forward so when i drink this i do get the bitterness but again it is masked or kind of like throughout the sip it's not just like a you know, like a little bit of a punch. It's like cut by the citrus yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So I feel like it, it's done way better in this than it was the bootleg personally. Yeah. So mm-hmm. kudos to you again. This is where you get that kind of flavor profile. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, and, and kind of like moving it in with the bitterness. So it's, it's less kind of predominant. Brett, you got the, something the you want to say? The one thing uh, I would say is I feel as though this beer is very, very acidic. Let me get that vibe as well. Uh, citrusy. I yeah. could see it with the grapefruit, right? Yeah. Very yeah. acidic kind of fruit. I think that just, yeah, kind of comes with the territory of having a lot of citrus. And uh, Mario is saying that he he's thinking it it's it drinks a little bit more like an IPA versus a pale ale. So I, I definitely get where he's coming from, especially with that extra bitterness than I was expecting. Yeah. So the top five flavor profiles. Number one, hoppy. I don't find it really hoppy. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I think the, the hoppiness is contributing to the bitterness that I was talking about, but I wouldn't put it number one. Right, yeah, I, I agree. Like, again, if it's we're talking top five, it's five at best. Right. Um, I don't find it very hoppy. I, I see it kind of more just there's other flavors that kind of come out. Uh, number two, citrus. I mean, this is number one for me by all means, but. Yeah, me, that or juicy. me too. Yeah. yeah, I can alternate between the two. And number three is juicy, so I'm also just combine everything in. Right, yeah. Uh, number four, grapefruity. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of grapefruit in this beer. And number five, grapefruit peel, which I was surprised to see was a <laughs> tag that you could use on Untapped. But well, uh, this is Makes beer. sense. Makes sense. I mean, there's a difference between like an orange and an orange rind, right? Yeah, and I think uh, even again, that, that peel flavor might be contributing to the bitterness. Now, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I think we talked about in the description of the beer was lemon cake, I think it was. That's yep. correct. Um, and I'm not getting really any lemon coming through on it. Really? Yeah. Are you? Okay. Are you? Are you? Yeah, yeah, on the like the very back end as it sits here, Yeah. if you take a sip, let it sit for a second, on the back end, I feel like there's more of that like lemony yeah. cake kind of flavor I feel like I'm getting more lemon than I would be about that berry that was talked about. Yeah, I don't get the I don't yeah, get the no ber- I think it's a really good yeah. call. I don't get the Barrio and producer Mario Mario um is also <laughs> Mario Lemieux <laughs> is, is is also in agreement with that too. It's just um I, I I struggle with that hoppiness being the number one. I, I don't see it personally. Um I think that this does a really good job of balancing the flavors. Grapefruit is obviously gonna stand out. Yeah. Um lemony kind of comes through. The mixed berry aspect, no dice, but yeah. I would say when we post this on Untapped, like I would be inclined to do like six or seven flavor profiles on this if beer. We could, honestly. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Well, you can do more than five, right? Like sure. uh, yeah. you can do as many as you want. Like I feel like this is hitting on a ton of different flavors. Um this is actually a really good beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of really good beer, then, let's see what uh, the Untapped users think. Right? You got the number one. I do, yes. So this one's from Simon C. and is, uh, They're going to say Simon Says. <laughs> Maybe. Well, he's going <laughs> to say something in a second here. And his uh, tagline, or user handle, tag handle, whatever you want to call it, is Sak Yori. On October 20th, said, 
Insane tropical twi- taste. Wow, twist taste. <laughs> English, very hard. Insane tropical taste. Very heavy body. Is it me, or is it a New England IPA? Mm-hmm. Maybe like I was so. too drunk. Anyway, insane beer. Here's what I get. Yeah. Insane beer. But the guy rated it a three point two five out of five. How many mm. uh, check-ins did Simmons say? Did uh, we check that out? I did not check that out, but I don't know if he's. We'll get produ- with- what we'll do is we'll get producer uh, Mario on that one to see how many uh, check-ins they had because maybe 3.25 is an insane, insane beer. Insane beer. Right. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's all subjective. Yeah, we'll circle back on that. Maybe he's not in the Brett school of rating beers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an insane beer. I'm going to rate it a 5, not a 3.25. Oh, that's True. what I'm saying, yeah. True. So uh, the next one comes from Will N. Uh, Will Nut is the handle. Uh, all, uh, so on October 16th said... It goes really good with garlic bread. Good grammar. Uh, for some reason, it's a three point five on its own, but with but a four with some garlic bread. Wow. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, so he he did rate it a three point five out of five at the uh, the Woolly <laughs> Pub, which is a, a actually an untapped verified venue. Can we take a second here just to kind of break this down? Yeah, goes really good with garlic bread, which. It, with that being said, I would assume that they had it with garlic bread, right? They had I it would with assume garlic, so, yes. But it's a 3.5 on its own, but with the garlic bread, it's a 4, but then ended up rating it a, a 3.5, 3. 5, even yeah. though they had it, presumably, with the garlic bread. Yeah, it, it's correct. a couple of uh, interesting uh, on top so comments say, for here. example, you get some wings with that, like, that pairs well with the bootleg. Does no, it like a 3.75 uh, or what? Fife, you took it from me. What I was going to say <laughs> is if you made a grilled cheese... With oh, garlic yes. bread. Oh, you can go bread. back yeah. to back, okay. baby. Okay. Back to back. And just uh, producer Mario has been very much on it. Uh, cycling back to my uh, comment about Simon, 13 check-ins. <laughs> uh, A plethora. With 13 Jack years. User. His yeah. average is 3.18. And two of those okay. were unrated. Yeah, two of those were unrated. One and five. He has one in five. So yeah. that must have been like... If an insane beer is three point two five, yeah, out of this world. It was like, a goodbye gravity, oh my maybe. God. <laughs> I want. Well, we're gonna get. We're gonna see here. Uh, oh, 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 oh! He's putting Molson in there. So that's not a five at all. <laughs> the five was a Molson beer. Uh, yeah. Oh wow! All right. Well, to each their own, right? So must have been real drunk for that one. Apparently, he said he was too drunk for a three point two five. Brett, do you have anything uh, on the can that you want to talk about in pairings before we start firing off our own here? Uh, obviously, you can tell from the can that you already know it's going to be a citrus beer. Yeah, uh, with the very citrus colors, kind of lime green yep. involved. Very basic, but also very attractive. If you were to walk, if this beer were to be in like an LCBO or go to, to the actual brewery itself, to simple, City, very simple. simple yeah, yeah, but you know simple. you want to pick up one. Very for clean. Sure. Yep. All right. Well, in terms of ratings, um, I'm I'm a little bit confused why the overall rating is kind of low on this beer. To be honest, uh, I I really enjoy this beer. I'm going to give it a four point five. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, for me. I am not a huge grapefruit person in terms of grapefruit forward, like this beer is, uh, but I appreciate what they're doing here. Still like it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 375. All right. And so for myself, I'm actually going to come in at, I'm struggling a little bit. I'm going to do a, a 4.5 as well. Um, it's between a 4.25, 4.5, but again, it is very grapefruit forward. I enjoy grapefruit, so I can yeah, see the too. discrepancies there. Producer Mario is coming in with a 4.25. So, Chris, what does that give us? Well, that actually gives us an overall rating of 4.25, so no Look need to round. Look at us that up. Wow. Yeah. Look at us. 
So that concludes the review of Rural City and the beers that they provided for today's episode. Nice. So coming up next, we're going to be talking about Remembrance Day, as this is November 11th. Alright, so today's episode is released on Remembrance Day, and coincidentally, there are several connections that kind of got uncovered during the research with us. So for our conversation, we're going to be taking a look at Remembrance Day and our connections with Remembrance Day. But before we begin, I want to go through the act of remembrance. They shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning... We will remember them. We will remember them. So we've got some interesting facts, kind of coincidences as we went through the research here. So I'm going to hand the floor over to uh, Brett. Brett's going to give maybe two kind of these connections with respect to um, Guelph as well as Remembrance Day and War Times. Yes. So Colonel John McRae, and he wrote the poem In Flanders Fields, which I'm sure everybody has heard, was actually born and raised in Guelph. Nice. Yes. And Guelph was home to Canada's first Army Cadet Corp, and the year of its founding became part of its name, the 1882 Wellington. Yeah, and also the HMCS Guelph was commissioned into the Royal Canadian Navy on May 9th, 1944, and this flower-class corvette worked as an escort between Halifax and several U.S. ports before conducting escort duties between St. John's, Newfoundland, and Belfast in Northern Ireland, And the HMCS Guelph was awarded battle honors uh, for the Atlantic in 1944 to 1945. And uh, Guelph's police force had Canada's first municipal motorcycle patrol. Chief Ted Lamb brought back an army motorcycle he used during the First World War. And motorcycles back then were uh, certainly faster and more efficient than walking. I I mean, they they still are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that, that holds up to the test of time. Um, so maybe we'll go through some kind of connections, maybe stories, whatever we have, whether it's school related or any of that jazz. Um, maybe I'll kind of get started off here. So connections to, uh, World War II. So I actually had two great uncles that participated in the World War II. Um, the first one was Lance Sergeant William Franklin Sager, which, uh, he passed away March 3rd, 1945. So actually nearing the end of the, the war itself. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately you couldn't make it to the end. Um, and he's commemorated with a bronze plaque on the cenotaph that's located in St. Mary's, Ontario, uh, just to kind of tie the connection together, which is the home of Broken Rail uh, Brewery. So he is uh, actually buried in the Netherlands, and my parents, I believe, were actually fortunate enough to actually go to the, uh, the cemetery itself. Um, the second one was Private Roy Edgar Sager. Um, August 1st, 1944, he passed away. Um, the unfortunate story with uh, great uncle Roy, which I've never actually said until this time, was that he was actually married six months prior to his passing. So he uh, got married, did the whole entire marriage thing, and then unfortunately six months later passed away in the war. Mm. And he, as well as uh, William Franklin, was uh, commemorated on a bronze plaque in the Cenotaph located in St. Mary's, Ontario. Um, now, he did get some accommodations, or accommodations as well, sorry, um, 1939 to 45, the Star of France, Germany Star, uh, the Defense Medal, uh, a war medal in 1939 to 45, the Canadian Volunteer Service Medal and CLASP, and he is buried in France. So, those are some of the individuals that I uh, 
kind of connect with when it comes to Remembrance Day and the war. Does anybody have any information uh, following that, Chris? Yeah, so um, really one of the biggest connections I have, I guess, to either of the world wars was in 2015, we took a family trip to England. And part of that, we spent a couple days in France. And one of the things we did was went to Vimy Ridge. And it was actually... I don't want to say cool, but almost surreal being there, knowing just like what had taken place there. Um, You know, there were, there were signs out that said, don't walk on the grass because there could be live bombs there um, that explode. Like it was, it was just so, so interesting being surreal as well. eh? Yeah. And and, you know, you see the, the Vimy Memorial on in pictures or on our, on our money, but to see it in person is, is really interesting. Um, I also have a a couple of family members um, who fought in both the first and second world war. And um, we were able to visit their graves, which was really cool. Um, They do an amazing job over in Europe uh, maintaining the cemeteries like the the lawn is immaculately cut um, everything is always so clean right. there's a book at, at each of the cemeteries that lists all of the individuals who are buried there uh, it, they really take it seriously and really um, you know pay their respects appropriately so it was really awesome to see all that uh, and you know sometimes you're kind of just driving down the road and there's an old war uh cemetery you know just on the side of the road because they kind of just buried them wherever they were found as you know as, as right. bad as that sounds but right. but again even if it's in the middle of the nowhere or middle of nowhere it's immaculately maintained so one thing to kind of go off of that and uh, you mentioned vimy ridge mm-hmm. is my parents are um, fortunate enough to to be there for the 100 year celebration in 2017 so mm. um there's a lot of great pictures that my, my, my dad took with that. And again, this is, an, again, another opportunity to, to stop in Netherlands and, and France and, and see some of the, uh, the family members there. So, um, Brett, why don't you take us back to maybe some like childhood memories yes, and, yes. And, and, and that. So mostly for me, because I have had no family members participate in any war. Right. Um, I, most of my um, kind of connection to Remembrance Day is going through like school assemblies and yeah. you know laying poppies on the uh, uh, cross, the cenotaph, right. etc. Right. Um, so, you know, you'd hear about the stories of people who had been in the wars from the veterans, from the veterans, yep. and, and that, mm-hmm. or if you were to step foot in like a legion, like you know, you'd always be able, they'd always be able to tell you the story of what they had went through, right? Um, so I know there's one person in particular that. Uh, I listened to, you know, at least five or six times, give me the story of what, what he actually did while he was in um, World War II. Right. And, you know, and almost bring you to tears each time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even hearing, like, not predominantly the same story, but like, you know, same kind of experiences. Like, every single time you're like, like, this person literally laid his life on the line for our country for us to be what we are today. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, what kind of working off of that is these um, ceremonies that we'd have, these assemblies that we'd have in school, um, I completely agree with you. I don't know, it just, it hit different. Like, you you knew it wasn't a normal assembly at school where you'd clap and you'd be kind of high-spirited. It was this somber kind of feeling that you'd go there and it was a moment of reflection. 
Um, and to, again, pay, you know, respects to those who um, put their life on the line for us mm-hmm. to be in the kind of country that we have today. And so um, a, a lot of respect goes to that. And I know uh, producer uh, Mario here is, is saying the same sort of thing is that he had uh, some some great uncles as well that, that fought, you know, in World War II. Um, and some of those stories get lost, right? And that's the unfortunate part of just history and time is some of these stories get lost. And I think it's it's respectful for us to always pay attention that you really are dedicated, unfortunately, one day a year to sit back and remember yeah. and, and maybe have these conversations. And um, I had a neighbor of mine as well that I would I'd go over and he was in the war as well. And and just I'd go over on just random days and have conversations and see what their experience was. And um, I think that was impactful and meaningful to them as well. I also had another great uncle on the other side um, that was told that he was unfit for the war. The guy mm. lived to 96, 97 years old. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So, and so, back so then, this you, you figure they were kind of taking yeah. anyone who wanted For to, sure. to yeah. fight, right? But he was unfit. And then they lived to, like, as I say, 96, 97 years old. Right? Absolutely. So one thing I will say to anybody who uh, lives in our country and has served us through wars in the military currently, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Simple as that. And 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 this year, as well as every year, make sure to buy your poppy and uh, and wear your poppy. And I think that's probably a good place to leave it there. So we'll be back with our farewell and lest we forget. All right. That's going to be it for today's episode. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Keep on listening every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. Make sure to tell your friends, family, and any war veteran and thank them. Yeah, absolutely. So from all of us in Producer Mario, I'm Tyler. I'm Brett. And I'm Chris. And together we're the Craft Beer Connoisseurs.